0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. To infinity and beyond. This is me. This is how I win. Were you rushing or were you
0: dragging? Answer!
1: You're a wizard, Harry. Say what again? Say what again? I dare ya! No. I am your father at all. Hasta la vista, baby. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Here are we going? Hello everyone. Welcome back inside the film room. It's Zach Owens. It's Johnny Sobchek. We're here for another great episode. Johnny, my friend, how are you on this wonderful Monday evening?
0: <laughs> wonderful is a strong word, Zach. On this um, Monday I'm evening. Doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We're uh getting getting started after a busy, busy week of uh basically there was news other than what we're gonna talk about, but you know, the biggest news of last week was all the Disney Investor Day stuff. That could take up I tweeted that yeah. we're gonna have a five hour episode. That is not feasible because I don't feel <laughs> like editing that. So unless we wanted to go just off the cuff, no edits podcast, but we're not going to do that, but we're going to break all that down as best <laughs> as we can. And then we've got a review of Sound of Metal today, the latest Amazon. Well, I don't know if it's the latest, but it is an Amazon movie, Amazon original, that's going to be hopefully an awards contender this year. But that's what we've got on schedule today, but yeah. we'll get to that later. So how, how how are you, my friend?
0: Doing well. I'm excited to, to dig into everything. It was kind of a crazy week, as you said.
1: You had the fastest fingers on Twitter, sharing (laughs) everything.
0: (laughs) The fastest. I'm trying, bro. Um, Yeah, no, it was kind of like I knew that that was kind of upcoming, the Disney Investor Day, and I knew there'd probably be some pretty big stuff. But I don't think I was quite mentally or physically prepared for (laughs) the sheer volume. um, Like the, the sheer volume, my friend, and just keeping up with everything. But it was it was fun. It was you know a little. In a, in a down movie year in a lot of ways it was kind of nice to have you know regardless of how you feel about Disney it was kind of nice to have uh, a period where we got to talk about some exciting things and things that we do have to look forward to um, and you know. I feel like a little something you, again for everyone
1: right that's what I was going to say you made the comment of no matter what you feel about Disney but I feel like even if you're like the biggest like hater of the house of mouse like there was still something in there that got you excited like whether it was the if you're no good on star wars or mcu is like oh wait an alien tv series like okay that can get me excited Mm -hmm. like there is with the 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 fact that disney just like owns so much now like it could have been a national geographic show or something like that 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 could have been what piqued your interest so i think that there was some Mm -hmm. something for everyone there so not a complete miss for anybody
0: yeah i totally agree uh a lot of cool things through a variety of kind of, I mean, even just mediums. I mean, they talked a lot about animation. They talked about superhero genre a lot, of course, with Marvel and Star Wars, which, um, you know, coming authorizes Skywalker, which is a huge downturn, but also coming on top of Mandalorian season two, which is a big, um, you know, win for them so far, it seems. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I am very, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm. I keep it real. I feel like most times, especially when we're talking about these big corporations that uh, dominate everything that we watch and listen
1: to. Right. um,
0: And I think that uh, it was just uh, still, like I said, enjoyable and like fun to kind of see everyone talking about the same things and like seeing different takes and uh, getting news that we already knew about. So it wasn't exactly news, but then also getting some surprises as well, um, which is always fun and exciting. And it was. I guess you could say it was kind of like the uh you know it, it talked about more than marvel but it was kind of like the op you know the opposition to the dc fandom that we got you know a few months ago now um which was a right. really exciting you know occasion and everyone you know it was fun to just kind of see everyone excited and talking about something and getting new things and you know kind of just looking towards the future because right now it's a little on the the grim side especially with <laughs> the movies the way it is um yeah, so a good, fun week, busy week, um, and a lot to talk about, of course.
1: But before we get into all that, we've got some some stuff to cover, and off the top, the biggest thing is the fate of next week's episode is in the people's hands, because if you've been following along on Twitter, we've been doing our holiday movie madness bracket. So we started off with 32 mo- Christmas movies, holiday movies, holiday adjacent movies that are in this bracket. We're down to the final four at this point. So you can vote up until Wednesday on Twitter in the final four, and then we'll have the championship matchup. We'll run that into Friday or Saturday, and then whichever movie emerges victorious will be the one that we review on next week's holiday-themed episode of the podcast. So right now the possibilities are Home Alone, Klaus – the animated Grinch movie from 1966 and out of the, is it really a Christmas movie bracket? That region has given us Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So this Mm. could go a lot of different directions. It could go old classics. It could go old animation. It could go new animation, or it just could go off to Hogwarts. So (laughs) we'll see, we'll see what happens, but be sure to go check us out at inside film room vote for those while you can. And, uh, you know, it determines what happens on next week's podcast. So it's it's very high stakes. Johnny, do you have a preference?
0: Oh, this is tough. We were talking about this a little bit outside of the show, but I have just recently watched The Sorcerer's Stone, the first Harry Potter film, and Klaus, because it is you know Christmas time. And uh, so it'd be just convenient for one of those to win. Also, I'd have Grinch- to
1: watch another extra movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also the Grinch animated film is quite short. It's not like full feature length um but i do love home alone and i haven't seen that in probably a, you know a few years at least that's not one that i kind of always go back to every year so it'd be nice to catch up on that so I, I don't have a a horse in the race i guess but they're all good and i think they're all worthy um of being you know coming out of the regions that they are so yeah i do love cops i will say watching that again recently um, probably like a top three christmas movie for me maybe like top you know i mean it's really right up there and it is so brand new i know it's kind of wild to say but i could definitely see myself watching that one every year from now mm-hmm. until infinity so uh,
1: <laughs> well what about you, that's what what about I, you Zach? yeah that's well I, I ride or die for home alone that's like my go-to i watch it every thanksgiving night like to get to kick off the the christmas season Mm. like now that we're done with thanksgiving it's time to move on we're watching home alone and i got the 4k of it this year so that was like even more exciting to watch it um but and i usually watch that or at least the second one um at a later date during the season leading up to christmas but i have not seen klaus so podcast or not (laughs) uh bracket or not I will be watching that I just missed it last year and then didn't want to watch it like in August or something (laughs) you know not at Christmas time so I will definitely be checking that one out Harry Potter's a classic animated Grinch I don't know. I mean that that's a classic I haven't seen it and probably since like my childhood like I've seen bits and pieces like when it's on TV this time of year but you know never really like sit down and watch it so I would love to talk about Home Alone because I I just think that's such like the epitome of Christmas, you know, just murder. Well, not murder, but uh, abuse, (laughs) beating people up, children, children getting left behind, you know, picking on your family members. So it's just like everything that you love about this season, this time of year. Yeah. But I would love to break that down, but I think no matter which way it goes, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. So thanks again to everyone who's participated. It's been fun to watch it play out and props to you, Zach, for putting it together. Um, and that beautiful graphic that we've seen oh, de- oh, developed over the last week or so.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a very, a very long vetting process of us bouncing uh, the ideas off each other in the group message with uh, yeah. the other guys, the other inside the film room crew to uh, decide on what movies make the cut, what ranking they'll be. So it's it's been a lengthy process and it's nice to see it come to fruition now. But I have, before we get into everything else, just a couple more questions. I know we kind of typically talk at this point about what else have we been watching. I know we're reviewing sound of metal this week, but for me personally, I've tried to use this time. I mean, it's getting down to crunch time at the, the end of the year here. I know like you alluded to, it's been a, a down year. We all know that, but there's still plenty of movies to, to either watch that are coming up or to catch up on. So I've in the mm-hmm. past week alone, I've watched Tenet finally, which comes out by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out on, 4k and blu-ray all that stuff so check out our review we gave away a couple copies of that sound of metal of course which we're reviewing today i checked out wolf walkers news of the world and the wolf of snow hollow which we're also giving away a copy of uh, on twitter right now so check that out as well but out of those i would say sound of metal is my favorite and that's good because we'll be talking about it today tenet we couldn't really dive too deep on it earlier because you had only seen it yeah. But uh I I think that it was pretty much exactly what I was expecting as far as like I think I liked it, but I was also incredibly confused by it. But I'd say Wolf Walker is yeah. definitely worth checking out. That that's out now on Apple TV Plus. News of the world, hard pass. Did not care for that one.
0: Hard pass.
1: <laughs> hard pass. It was very it's Tom Hanks is good in it, but it's very slow, very – struggles with pacing. Yeah. And the fact that that's still trying to come out in theaters on Christmas Day when even, like, Wonder Woman, which is a huge theater draw, was like, maybe this isn't the best idea. Right. Like, I'm not – I don't think anybody's going to be racing to, to risk their health to go see news of the world.
0: Wow, well, I guess you just don't know anything about me at all, do you, Zach?
1: <laughs> you had the whole theater booked out, so you'll be safe.
0: <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I, I definitely – think that's kind of bizarre i unfortunately i think i missed my window to see uh news of the world um because we both had the same screener i believe uh which was like limited limited time um but it doesn't sound like i missed too much so i guess i'll just catch that when i get a chance if at all um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think you honestly i was kind of surprised it seemed like you were a little bit higher on tenant than even i was which is uh well like
1: the so the way that i ended up watching it i was like i was watching it and i was like this looks cool, it feels cool, but I'm very confused. So I actually paused, which is like the greatest, like Christopher Nolan, this is exactly what he wants when you see his movies. Yeah. For him to, to just know that you're pausing and reading the Wikipedia summary of what you've watched <laughs> so far. And then after that, I, I don't know if the, the, like, like the last third is more like comprehensible, comprehensible or if I, that was just like a benefit of reading the, the Wikipedia summary but I definitely enjoyed it more from that point on. So I I think it was about a three star, three and a half stars, but nowhere near like the the Christopher Nolan that we all have hopefully come to expect.
0: Well, it's funny. The last thing I'll say about that is it is funny that you mentioned looking at the Wikipedia summary because uh, I think it might've been we were talking about it, but I went back and I did go to Wikipedia. I did read the entire plot from beginning to end. Um, and I I think it was the first time I'd done it since it came out because it wasn't even I don't know if it was even updated at that point Um, but I did read it and I I felt just as confused as I did when I watched it in in September so uh, I feel like it
1: kind of just like during the during it all I was like okay first of all it's just as we all know hard enough to like hear it all with the the mumbled muffled voices but then I was like it at least helped me like clarify with some names and then like stuff that I was (laughs) like I think this is what's happening, but I'm not sure. But then it like kind of co- helped confirm that. Right. Um. So that was nice, but I mean, I don't think the reason it's a three or a three and a half and nothing higher is because like I want to be able to grasp all that and know what I, what I saw coming out of a movie versus having to like right. do extra homework to just get a basic yeah. understanding of. What I, I think, it think is. a lot
0: of people have complained in the past, like about you know, his, especially his more original films like Inception and Interstellar, they say, you know, they're just so it's so confusing, like Inception's the most confusing movie ever. I think that movie is incredibly straightforward and simple. Mm-hmm. I think it explains everything really well. Um Maybe, I think people, if anything, would complain on top of that that it's just too much exposition. Like, it explains so much. Um But this, it's like, this is an example of like, okay, I literally don't know uh, what is going on or like how this world works, like what the rules are um so yeah I think uh, for me um a pretty frustrating movie and maybe when I'll try to revisit at some point to see if my feelings change because I have had my feelings change with his movies in the past on a couple occasions but um on to the next one I think for him mostly I'm just like excited you know to see what he does next uh, whether that's at Warner Brothers or after this whole hbo max kerfuffle if he's gonna run off to disney or sony or universal or something
1: a christopher nolan disney movie sign me up
0: sign me up what else well,
1: what else have you been watching my friend
0: um okay so a big one i finally checked gladiator off my list best picture winner um from 2001 was when it won the award and uh man i i had seen some of it a good amount of it if not all when i was in like maybe middle school or earlier in high school i had forgotten a lot of it um i did remember certain parts but man i was i i don't know if you've seen it have you seen it zach i have not okay um it's fantastic it is i think you would actually quite like it um it's pretty simple it's like a little bit of a sports movie almost um and it's just, it's a great, like, revenge story. And Russell Crowe is so good. And Joaquin Phoenix, that was, like, his first Oscar nomination. And he's incredible. There's so many good quotes. Um, the effects, I mean, but in the production design, the sets are enormous. And they're just, like, everything's so detailed. Um, and I got I got it on, on 4K for my birthday um, from my brother and, and his wife. So shout out to them. Um, but it looked amazing. It sounded amazing. Hans Zimmer, maybe it's his score is so damn good dude if you haven't heard it man it's like up there it's it might be like top three top five um from him so i would definitely recommend it to anyone who has not you know seen it in maybe a while or just has never seen it period um because it it is a great like classic you know big epic movie that we don't really get too many of anymore so uh definitely definitely
1: uh check it out yeah i mean that's one that i've been it's been on my list basically since like this this year you know i finally watched alien i finally watched the martian so kind of like ridley Ridley, like i watched the original blade runner um Mm, and also watched 2049 which i forgot to mention previously but that's for a future podcast yes but uh so kind of like getting some some ridley background uh i think it's logical that this would be a uh next in line whenever i pick that back up
0: yeah man for sure it's kind of funny because my girlfriend and i you know reagan we've been doing something similar because she hasn't seen a few of his movies we watched blade runner last year at some point and she really loves blade runner um but she hadn't seen black hawk down she hadn't seen the martian she hadn't seen alien she hadn't seen gladiator so we knocked all those out fairly recently like all in the last month so we were on a little bit of a tear and she loved she wasn't crazy about alien um, but she did really love The Martian and Black Hawk Down I um, really appreciated that film and Gladiator so
1: I know it's kind of like
0: you know it's kind of pre- like
1: sacrilege yeah. to not say Alien is the best I feel like but oh, I'm, yeah, that is kind I'm of with I'm easy. with Reagan that The Martian is my favorite I don't know if that tops Blade Runner for her but Martian is my favorite that I've seen so far from him She's,
0: she just said that uh, Black Hawk Down is in fact her favorite
1: oh out of left field <laughs>
0: Have you seen Black Hawk Down?
1: I have not seen that either.
0: Oh, buddy. You're in for a treat.
1: Got to do some Ridley catch up. Do it. All right. Well, we've got enough on our slate today to get into before we, we can't just keep talking about old movies that we've seen. So <laughs> let's get down into some news before we get into all of the Disney stuff. There's a Disney adjacent thing. That we have to to just we can't not talk about it. Cause some of it happened last week after we recorded. And even more, it seems to be happening day by day. And that is, of course, Spider-Man 3 and this just massive sprawling cast that is coming together. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are supposedly I don't I don't know what's confirmed at this point, what's rumors, what's fair. like there there's been okay, so Toby and Andrew Garfield are there was like some sightings at like a costume fitting or something like that. Yeah. That has sparked rumors and just all the other occurrences have just added on to that. But that they would be returning as their Spider-Man iterations. Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. Confirmation. We know that Alfred Molina will be back as Doc Ock. We already know that Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. There have been rumors that Charlie Cox is going to be involved bringing back his daredevil character. Plus today, this is the one where it just gets absolutely crazy. The, <laughs> the fact <messes> that <laughs> Rumors today, it came out that Willem Dafoe will be returning as Norman Osborn, AKA the green goblin and Thomas Hayden church as the Sandman, two villains who were defeated and killed in their respective Spider-Man movies back when Tobey Maguire and the Sam Raimi trilogy so all of this obviously is just it's going to be Spider-Verse we know that Doctor Strange is going to be involved so he's going to open up the the portals to, to alternate dimensions in some capacity that's the only logical guess but I think the fact that if that's true that Green Goblin's going to be back and Sandman like are they literally going to make this almost like the animated Spider-Verse where it's all right, let's go through this one more time. My name is Peter Parker. And it's like him fighting Norman Osborn, Toby Uh. fighting Willem Dafoe for like three seconds. Is that what he's coming back for? Because I can't imagine that they're back in any large capacity.
0: Yeah. Well, just real quick, because I have to correct this to make sure this is right in my own head. Um, So Willem Dafoe's Norman Osborn did die. He died at the end of the first movie um, when he killed himself with a glider on accident. Thomas Hayden Church, he lived right like he kind of like he said bye and like sorry and then he floated away
1: i mean i i don't know i yeah i guess he we didn't like get death confirmation
0: but but now also that you're mentioning the death and, and the living bit doc ock did die um
1: in his he, he floated to the bottom of the like after the the warehouse yeah. collapsed
0: you're, like ground yeah so that I, I honestly I hadn't even thought about that when this news came out because Alfred Molina like that is a real like done deal it's like been reported everywhere, Um, so that that is curious like I wonder how they're gonna explain that or I guess maybe he's just in a different universe where he hasn't yeah yet. it's it's
1: like alternate dimension and he's still the same actor yeah. playing the same person but it's <laughs> weird a different dimension where he did not he yeah. either has yet to become Doc Ock or he is but hasn't died or. I don't right. know. It's gonna it's gonna get crazy, and I think that's. I would that's, just love
0: to see the script for this.
1: Just like, to what, see the cast, li- like the on the, the <laughs> opening page where they they list out all the characters. Like and the what actors. this looks
0: like on paper, as far as, like exposition or like, I guess maybe just explaining how this works and like, of course they're counting on the audience to understand, or remember that these characters did exist. Previously, I mean, these are like pretty famous movies. I mean, all the Spider-Man movies are, Um, but man, I know, I mean, it's also funny too, because as you said, some of these are rumors, some of them are, you know, have like very legit reporting and are essentially confirmed, but out of all these different ones, I mean, we're talking about, you know, about eight or nine different um, potential casting, like bits of news. Only two of them are like 100% like done deal, like this is happening. Um, so, and the, again, like that rumor we heard today is like, oh, they're kind of like in negotiations. They're like, oh, there's this rumor that Toby Maguire is like holding out. Um, and wh- whether or not he's holding out for like financial reasons or if he's holding out because he wants a certain type of role in the story or the script that he's like not getting. Um, I think Grace Randolph, um, mentioned something along those lines. I'm not saying that she's a valid source, but, um, <clears throat> I'm saying what she was kind of implying was that as you were saying, you know, these roles can't possibly be that big Um, because again, Tom Holland is (laughs) Spider-Man. It is his movie quote unquote. So
1: that's what I was going to ask you is that any concern at this point, if all of these turn out to be true about Zendaya, about Tom Holland, about Jacob Batalon, I think is how you say his last name about (laughs) our core, our core MCU Spider-Man characters. Right. We already know that Doctor Strange is going to be in there. So that's another one that's going to be taking away from like the actual the heart of Spider-Man. Right. Are you worried that there's going to be not enough time to go around between all these characters?
0: Hell no, I'm not worried. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom Holland's going to be Spider-Man for the next 20 years. I think it's fine that we have like some epic a multiverse mashup in this movie. I think maybe Again, we have no idea exactly what this story is, what the movies actually end up going to end up being. You know, I'd be curious to know: Did Sony initiate this idea after Spider Verse was received so well? Did you know Marvel say, "Hey, you know, in Endgame we kind of showed these you know alternate dimensions, things like that. Maybe we should go this route." Was it you know a really collaborative thing? Was it one pushing more than the other? Um, you know, we really don't know. But I think, I mean, even the cast members so far, you know, Tom Holland and. Uh, what's his name, Jacob uh,
1: Batalon, I think I Bat- yeah, Bat- alone. They, like, Ned. They
0: have- the guy who plays Ned <laughs> but even those guys have talked on social media and teased fans saying, you know, this script is so awesome, like they can't believe like, what's in it, you know um, so it seems at least, you know in a public way they're sh- showing excitement and I think, you know, Tom Holland I think is the same age as me um, and I know or like he's 24 maybe um, but he's like I, I think you know knowing that we have been alive at the same time and have seen you know about the, watch the movies progress I feel like if I was in his shoes and I had the chance to kind of team up with these older Spider-Men or like see these older villains like come back like I'd be like oh hell yeah like I'm game for that that yeah, would like be you're, like kind you're, of like a dream come true right
1: it's like as he's probably fanboying like basically how Peter Parker does with Iron Man with Dr. Str- like yeah. with the Avengers like that's what he's doing in real life with I imagine Toby Maguire and Andrew yeah. Garfield like yeah that- they show up on
0: set like I, I hope they get some really good like set picks of them hanging out and stuff like that because I saw
1: one tweet that was like if they don't announce this by doing the pointing at each other Spider-Man meme, <laughs> then like this is all a waste
0: what's it all for really um, All right. But yeah, that's kind All of my right, final ahead. thing. My final thing on it really is that who the hell knows? We we don't really know too much at this point apart from Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and Jamie as Electro. Um, I would love to see every single person we just talked about come back. I say the more the merrier, you know, really just swing for the fences because um, at the very least, it'll be interesting. Um, and I don't think, you know, they've had a pretty good track record and they showed with Into the Spider-Verse, you know, Sony at least can handle that kind of story so um you know hey more power to him I you know my fingers crossed I am super excited for it you know even just on what we know so far um so I'm being I'm, I'm being optimistic you know with some sort of caution as well
1: who cares about caution I'm all in we already got J. Jonah Jameson back so yeah yep. I'm, there go. I'm ready for it all now but it's time it's time to do all this this Disney stuff so for okay. anyone who is just like not paying attention to any sort of news, because this was literally was the news from like last, what, Thursday on. Mm. Uh So basically Disney held their annual investors day, which kind of took, like Johnny mentioned, took the place of like a DC fandom or a, a comic con, or this was their virtual version of that. So typically it's just like updating investors like myself with my one Disney stock about <laughs> the status of everything but they turned it into this big event yeah. with a live stream and and sizzle reels and all that so they went through all of their properties from like Hulu FX their new announcement of Star which is an international addition to Disney Plus um, you know like ABC FX all of these different properties on top of Disney Plus and Marvel right. and Lucasfilm and everything that they own so it would take us like I mentioned it would take us four hours to go through (laughs) yeah years to go through every single thing that was announced so we've got this broken down we're going marvel star wars pixar and disney animation and we're just going to run through everything basically with a little one sentence synopsis or so and then johnny and i are each going to pick one thing from each category that excites us the most and we can really dive into that a little bit more just for the sake of time If you really, really want it, just tweet at us and we'll do a four-hour podcast where we go in-depth on everything. But for now, this is what we're doing. So let's get it started. While we're talking superheroes, let's stick with Marvel. So one of the biggest things, we knew that basically they announced 10 new series for Disney Plus of Marvel and Star Wars. So of Marvel, we already knew about a bunch of those. But three new series were announced, which are Secret Invasions, which is a previously rumored series starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Mm -hmm. Ironheart, which stars Dominique Thorne as the genius inventor Riri Williams, who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man himself, and then Armor Wars, which is starring Don Cheadle as War Machine, James Rhodes. And he's facing Tony Stark's worst fear of, what if this technology, what if these weapons fall into the wrong hands? Right. So those are three, three new series. And then we also got new looks at WandaVision, which is coming the soonest out of all of these. We got a full trailer for Loki, the series. We got a full trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A little tease of the animated series, What If? We got, I don't even know if there was a look, if there was just like a, a sizzle reel for Miss Marvel. Mm. Plus news about She-Hulk some casting confirmations there and a hint that Daredevil might be involved. We got news that Haley Steinfeld is officially playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. They kind of just mentioned Moon Knight. And then Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will be filmed ahead of, like on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and release the holiday before that comes out in 2023. And then an animated short called I Am Groot that's all on the tv disney plus front and then i promise i'm gonna let you talk in a second johnny <laughs> we got <laughs> some new movie announcements which are ant-man and the wasp Quantumania, the third ant-man movie you've got the core cast coming back there plus they added katherine newton from the movie we just talked about recently freaky as well as big little eyes she's playing cassie lang the i guess the grown-up version John Watts will be directing the Fantastic Four movie. That's the director from the MCU Spider-Man movies. And then in regards to Black Panther 2, they confirmed they will not be recasting T'Challa played by the late Chadwick Boseman. So that's really like the major points. But like I said, Johnny, what are you most excited about from all of that?
0: Oh, goodness gracious, Zach. Um, That's a good question. Um, (laughs) Honestly, Oh, God. Um, okay, I will say, the the Loki show looks a lot more interesting than maybe I had given it credit for previously. Um, I mean, I like Loki, I think everyone likes Loki. They like Tom Hiddleston as the character. It's cool to see him back after the, uh, you know, events of Infinity War uh, and Endgame. So, I think that in particular really struck me, and, and they, you know, they had a great trailer. Owen Wilson seems funny um, in his role, and it, it just, I think when you have Loki, there's just so many different possibilities as far as you know what the episodes can be about, what the, where the story can go, um, you know, maybe potentially how that could tie into um, you know other stuff down the line. I know that this is like the the Loki from the Avengers timeline that they went back to and tried to take the uh, the cube from, Um, but maybe somehow he'll end up getting you know put into back into the main continuity. Who knows? Uh, I think again that's the kind of the fun part of that is just having a lot of possibilities. And and uh, I thought it was a fun, uh, cool trailer they had. I didn't expect to get uh, all that footage that we did. Um, So yeah, Uh, I'll, I'll say Loki. I'd say mm, after WandaVision, is, it's probably my second most anticipated of, of all the the series they're doing. Uh, it, and I don't know. I, I guess ho- Moon Knight is just a long ways away. I mean, I'm excited about that, especially and The
1: fact that there was no information about it makes it they hard didn't to confirm,
0: get like... Yeah, they didn't confirm Oscar Isaac. Um, so maybe they're still in talks. Maybe they're still trying to like sort things out on that front. Um, but yeah, that's clearly a ways away. Falcon Winter Soldier, I think, looks really cool. Um, but it is kind of, again, more the same, like, a fairly predictable. Uh, you know, um, it's like the Winter Soldier. They're, like, hanging out and and teaming up. And Captain America's right.
1: dead. Now they're taking over.
0: Uh, but everything else, I mean, it, it all looks pretty good. It's just varied degrees of excitement.
1: Yeah, well, I'm gonna... This is actually gonna make this one even shorter, because Loki is my choice as well. Um, <laughs> but... I think that you kind of mentioned it, but just the fact that Loki dies at the beginning of Infinity War. Right. So that, like you said, this is the 20, 2012 Loki. Yeah. And I think that's what's fun about this is that it gives it kind of like free range because we're in alternate dimensions. This isn't like affecting the current continuity, at mm-hmm. least not that we know of initially. So they kind of like literally just have a, a blank slate to go and do whatever they want to make it as weird as they want as... Like out there. So that that's something I, I was wondering just the fact that Owen Wilson was in there and he looked almost as if he was in like a Howard Stark costume. <laughs> so I was like, is this gonna cause we we see that he's in the the ATV, I think is what it's called. That which is the mm. the that's not right. The A V T maybe?
0: They're like this basically this this bureau type
1: it's the, like the uh, multi-dimension like police basically yeah so so there as we know he vanished into like into thin air so into another dimension at the end of right in the middle of end game so that's really exciting to me I, I think that they could get really weird with that and i even saw one theory that was on i think comicbook.com had posted it that I don't know if you're familiar with the DB Cooper hijacking I wasn't until no, I, I, I read about it ball. yeah but it's literally like back in 1971 this man hijacked a plane got his ransom or whatever and then flew off in the plane and vanished yeah he passed and, <laughs> and there, there was like one clip of Loki on a plane and he was wearing the similar sunglasses to what like the police sketch of this guy turned out to be and I was like that's probably wrong and like just way too much fan speculation but just like the idea of that alone i was like that's something that they could very well tackle in this is like an explanation to like these urban legends yeah. to these myths to like all of these like oh loki did that that's how that mm-hmm. happened and i think right. that's just like a fun idea to to even like think about tackling
0: yeah and i think that again that is what is most exciting i think they can do a lot of fun things traveling you know even through human history into the future or like alternate dimensions um but yeah, the DB Cooper thing—I didn't connect those dots when I saw the footage, but I thought that was a cool, um, you know, point that people were making. I think they're onto something. Uh, again, you, he's wearing the same exact thing. He jumps out of the airplane, and then gets um, what, what's it, What's the bridge called? the the, the Asgardian? To Asgard.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: it like blasts him out of the air and away, and again, the Bifrost bifrost with db cooper the money was never found there was no parachute found his body was never found he was never seen again so it like him literally disappearing in midair and, and going to another back to either asgard or another dimension makes perfect sense and i think it'll be cool to see what other things they can come what if with. it's
1: literally just like six episodes of like each one's a different urban legend and it's like loki did it yeah that's loki's the bigfoot loki's the loch ness monster <laughs>
0: Um, yeah I don't know if I'd be totally on board with that but I do like (laughs) I like it the 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 concept I think at least in theory um but yeah so Loki um when does that release again is it early next year or later next year
1: I think it's May so May 2021 so that means that it'll come I can't remember Falcon and the Winter Soldier is August no that's the old release date um so I don't remember when it got pushed to March 19th, actually. So okay. it'll yeah. go January, one. January's yeah. WandaVision, then Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. So basically right when that wraps up, it sounds like, and then Loki will be the third one. Okay, sweet.
0: Um, yeah, so. Our What's year that? without
1: I mean, Marvel is about to come to an end and we're just going to get drowned in it.
0: Yeah, it's going to, we're going to go from one extreme to the other. And I, I don't know how I feel about that, but it, uh, it should be mostly good, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. But speaking of drowning in things, the next category here is Star Wars. And like I said, like Marvel, they're doing 10 Star Wars series. Obviously, right now we have one. We have The Mandalorian. And then I guess you have Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated series. But in regard to like the new Disney Plus type of stuff, The Mandalorian is the big one. But mm-hmm. Before we get into the series, I mean, the, the biggest news, and the most, I honestly like the most shocking news out of nowhere, Agreed. is the next film that's coming out, 2023, December 2023, will be Rogue Squadron, and it's directed by none other than Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame, so complete, well, I have a feeling that's going to be your pick here, so we don't need to go into it too deep right now, but... Just out of nowhere, a new, we we had like inklings of different movies. There had been the canceled uh, Game of Thrones, the the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, and then Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Who knows if that's happening? But on the movie front, it was Rogue Squadron, and then Taika Waititi's movie that is still nameless, plotless. So we'll get into Rogue Squadron. I have a feeling, but ten series. One of the biggest ones, Obi Wan Kenobi, finally got like. Hardcore confirmation of it. Ewan McGregor's back as Obi-Wan. It's going to take place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. And Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader. Also rumors that Tamara Morrison, who is Boba Fett, who has played Jango Fett and then is now playing Boba Fett, obviously with the clones. Like, <laughs> that's why they, they're, they're the same actor. He's Boba Fett on Mandalorian but he also is all of the clones. So there's rumors that he's going to be in this series as well, playing captain Cody, who is Obi-Wan's like right-hand man as a clone trooper. Okay. But this time he's going to be flipped around on Anakin's side. Once uh order 66 happens and they're going to be hunting Obi-Wan. So that would be very cool. Tamara Morrison has the bag secured. He's about to be playing like three different characters in three different star Wars series. So props <laughs> to him. Uh, Two other shows in the Mandalorian timeline, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Rangers of the New Republic being sort of like a, a it sounds almost like a police procedural because we've seen the Rangers in this season of Mandalorian. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything since you haven't binged it yet, but that's true. just yeah. sort of like policing the galaxy after the fall of the original empire. And then Ahsoka will be the Ahsoka Tano series starring Rosario Dawson. She's introduced this season in The Mandalorian, and that's probably, since they're all three happening at the same time, going to result in a big crossover event. There's Andor, the Cassian, Cassian Andor Rogue One spin-off show. There's a new animated series spinning off of The Clone Wars, which is called The Bad Batch, based on a group of clone troopers. Uh, Star Wars Visions sounds very interesting. It's a series of animated short films that will be told via anime so 10 fantastic visions so it'll be a completely new look to like any sort of animated star wars story an event series of lando so i don't really know what event series means but we'll see what that what what that does no news on plot or casting there but i don't know if it's going to be billy d williams don't know if it's going to be donald glover we'll have to wait and see yeah i mean that would Obviously, you'd have way more room to, to work with then because yeah. Billy D. Williams, you'd literally have to pick up after Rise of Skywalker. Well, and I feel I, like they want to get away from that.
0: <laughs> I agree. I, I did see a cool. I mean, this is completely. I mean, it's a fan theory essentially, um, but an idea for the series that someone said um, was it could be Billy D. Williams. Either I guess you could put it during the events or after the events of the new the sequel trilogy but basically kind of narrating or talking about his past and then have uh, Donald Glover playing him during like certain like parts of his life, basically, which I think is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: that, um, that would be a good way to blend them because we know they worked together on Solo when Donald Glover was there. He kind of worked as like a consultant for yeah. the character, him working with the character. But that's, that's something that I don't know if event series is their way of saying mini series and it's going to be like I a think one-off it is. six episodes. Yeah.
0: I think it will but, be,
1: which is I fine. And I mean, we know Donald Glover's a busy guy, so we can't have yeah, him wrapped up sense. doing multiple seasons on Disney+. Plus. But <laughs> uh, two more series that they announced, The Acolyte, which will focus on the emergence of the dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. And then A Droid Story, which will be an animated television movie featuring a new character guided by R2-D2 and C-3PO. Cute. So, Johnny, of all of those, what strikes your interest? What are you most intrigued by? Hmm.
0: Well, since you already told me what I'm supposed to be excited about, Zach. I I'm just, I think I know you, you know,
1: it's that, it's that co-host relationship.
0: Um, I will say, I mean, again, on the movie front, it's this, I mean, Taika Waititi, which we knew about. Um, We don't know anything about the project other than he's involved and he's co-writing it with um, a woman who also co-wrote 1917. Uh, He's gonna be directing it. But this, I mean, bomb drop at the end. Um, I mean, you can't avoid talking about Patty Jenkins. Loved the first Wonder Woman, really excited about 1984. Uh, And she, you know, she posted this. It was funny, I was obviously keeping up with the presentation. And I got this notification from Patty Jenkins and it, I clicked on it while they were still talking about Star Wars. And they hadn't, they hadn't announced Rogue Squadron yet, um, but it took me to the video and it's like two minutes long. And I was like, huh, okay. I kind of like skimmed through it real quick and I didn't see anything, like nothing stood out. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go back to keeping up with the Disney presentation. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, Patty Jenkins is directing <laughs> this movie. And then of course I realized after the fact that that was her announcing it and she was wearing the helmet and, and gearing up. Um, so that was cool. I thought it was a really cool way of announcing it. It was a huge surprise. Um, really excited for her. She's big into like aviation and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: she like has a lot of respect for like fighter pilots and things like that. So I think having that very personal um, you know, perspective on it is going to be interesting. Um, We've never seen a Star Wars film or any and you know, not a Star Wars even like a series to my knowledge that's focused on pilots um so I think that's gonna be really cool and I believe this is also said it said a new generation of fighters and and pilots I think uh, this
1: could be taking place
0: after the sequel trilogy um i don't I don't
1: know, I don't, but- I don't know entirely what the timeline is there I know that they've said Bob Iger had said that he wants this project to be more accessible to like general audiences rather than yeah. uh okay I have to know the entire Skywalker saga and, and it seems be to be
0: yeah.
1: it's just going to be talk like they had the game Star Wars Squadrons I didn't play it but it, it came out either earlier this year or maybe late last yeah. year um and it seems to just be like almost similar to Rogue One kind of of like the in the trenches type of like battle movie yeah like it seems like that's what it's going to be going for versus like some sprawling narrative or anything like yeah and
0: i'm i'm all for that i mean i think that sounds really cool uh it's three years away and i you know patty jenkins i'm sure has probably already had some thoughts about it and is already developing a little bit but that she'll really jump into that after wonder woman comes out and she can totally move on from that um i assume she'll come back for a third movie after she does this i think you know If nothing else, this will be a nice way creatively to get her into a different like headspace and then she can kind of come back fresh to Wonder Woman. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is, I think it's gonna be really cool. I'll be curious to see, you know, I think she has the aim of putting together some really amazing, you know, dog fighting sequences. Um, But it's gonna be interesting because of course with like something like Dunkirk, they were able to go get these real airplanes from World War II and they were able to take you them You mean out.
1: they can't go get real X-wings?
0: <laughs> they, they were able to take them out like over the ocean and like, you know, strap IMAX cameras to them and fly them around uh, with this. I assume it's going to be, you know, on a soundstage and they're going to have to put them in like this big model and they're going to have to like kind of swing them around. <laughs> um, maybe they'll use the, uh, you know, the digital, the big LED screens to kind of recreate, um, you know, certain perspectives or like certain skies or things like that. Um, Also, is this gonna be totally like space battles or is it gonna take place, you know, are they gonna be flying over different planets, things like that? Um, So there's a lot of ways they could go with it, but I think that in general, I I really like this premise and it was a really, really jaw dropping kind of surprise at the end that-
1: that And it it sounds, one thing that's interesting here, like just from what we know about it and that Bob Iger quote, this sounds like it could potentially be like completely removed from Jedi and the force and lightsabers and all of that, which is exciting. Like rogue one nearly was that with the exception of like, there was some mysticism and then the Darth Vader ending, but (laughs) that, I mean, I I, I think that that's something that people have begged for for a long time of being like, let's see the star Wars universe outside of the Skywalker family. Like, this is a sprawling galaxy with tons of planets what else is happening here outside of like and that Mandalorian's done a a nice job of that of like okay here's the outer rim here are all these other planets that are like completely unaffected by the the empire and the, the fallout of that so I think that's something that's just waiting to be explored even more
0: yeah totally agree so and again I mean I try to keep up with these series as much as I can um but I'm more movie oriented. So I'm excited, especially, I mean, she's been praising IMAX so much. She shot, uh, you know, she used IMAX film cameras to do uh, Wonder Woman 1984. So hopefully, you know, this will be a big, um, you know, return to the Star Wars world on the big screen four years removed from uh, Rise of Skywalker. And I I think that in itself is exciting, um, if nothing else. And Patty Jenkins, of course,
1: is the real kicker, I think. So as much as that interests me, and I'm certainly excited about that, I mean, people should know that I'm a bigger Star Wars guy than you in general, so I'm excited by a lot of this. Um, (laughs) I think the easy pick for me here, this is me like cheating the rules here to talk about two things. Um, The easy pick would be to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi with that series. Um, I mean, obviously the big news there is the Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. So people kind of didn't know what this was going to be about with... You, we knew and McGregor was coming back. We didn't know when it would be in the timeline between the events of Revenge of the Sith and old Ben Kenobi in the original Star Wars. But we have concrete timeline. We have 10 years after. And now this seems like it's going to be, it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's going to be him and Darth Vader. We're going to get plenty of some of the, the Darth Vader's castle, the stuff on Mustafar, some of that that may have tied into rise of skywalker or just like that was hinted at there but never really explored and that this is going to be we're almost guaranteed that there's going to be some sort of clash between them again uh which is very exciting and i know like revenge of the sith is kind of like the cult fate I don't, I don't know if it's like cult but like of the prequels that are like shit on a lot that that's like kind of the, the one that people like stand by quite strongly really it, yeah. um so that's exciting but i'm gonna throw a curveball here and i'm actually going to go with the acolyte which sounds very very interesting to me um that's the show that's going to focus on the emergence of the dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era so that's something that we've known about it's been alluded to that the high republic that was when the galactic republic and the jedi were at their peak this is ahead of the prequels so like the jedi are kind of like on not on the run but they're like on the downfall they've they've lost a step the the sith have sort of developed um and obviously palpatine is like laying his plot out at that time so yeah this is kind of going to be the origins of that you know we've heard about the sith and their rule of two and how like the all of the different darths were able to kind of develop (laughs) this but i mean there's like darth sidious darth Darth polygis like all of those Um, So who knows how far back this is going to go in between, I guess, the High Republic, which is another thing that they've a couple of months ago, I guess, last year, maybe they announced like, the whole High Republic book series and everything like what's going to be, that's kind of their focus, non TV and film that they're like, coming out with adult books with children books, like, exploring that timeline. So that might weave together a bit here of kind of like, okay, that's what it was like at the at the peak. And now this is what it's going to be like sort of as these dark presences begin to, to come together. So I think that that could be, if they take that, just like the exploration of the dark side of the force is something that's super intriguing and you haven't really gotten too much of, cause like the originals were kind of like light and fun, but very good. And then like the prequels were all about like Anakin and his, temptation but we haven't really seen outside of like the video games or like non-canon type stuff just like in depth like this is like killing people and being bad you know
0: (laughs) yeah i think uh well you mentioned it too as far as the timeline goes i think this is an interesting period um i know the high republic is you know prior to the prequels prior to the skywalker like saga um you know a couple hundred years maybe um so maybe we will see someone like Darth Plagueis show up or um another Sith Lord uh because as you said I mean the Jedi are you know this is the Jedi and their prime like that they're they are like they're kicking ass bad guys are on the run there's like no Sith really to speak of um so I think this could be a darker more intense show where you know they, they Bring out some of those darker characters, um, and really do something that we, in an era, of course, that we haven't seen before. Um, and I think it's, we've
1: all—I think we've always heard like that. Jedi's are like protectors of the peace, like right. that they're they're not soldiers as we have seen them basically, like in battle. That they're yeah. just kind of like guardians of the peace, and so that's what they were during the High Republic supposedly. So it's and, like that. Yeah coming up against a rising force of darkness
0: and i will say i don't know if, if anyone else has really looked into this or i haven't seen anyone mention it on twitter or anything but i don't know for those unfamiliar the definition of an acolyte um is a Hit follower a follower or a disciple um so potentially this show might be following someone that is a disciple of a the simple. acolyte Uh, yeah a disciple like a sith lord a follower of 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 sith as you know um trying to help them or maybe trying to become you know you know know, strong with the dark side um again i think that this is a cool darker show and again out of the everything that was announced um especially on the the show side of things this i think is the most enticing honestly
1: i would now that you've pointed that i hadn't even thought about that definition wise but I tweeted that they're really keeping it simple because, you know, after Rogue One, a Star Wars story, like, they, they could not figure out how to name the spinoffs, and there's, <laughs> these are no episodes, and they're, now it's like the Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> Andor,
0: right, the Acolyte,
1: yeah. Lando, they're like, this is the person's name, and that is the name of the series. That's, that's the it. Show now. <laughs> so, no, they're just keeping it simple.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, I don't know, I can't remember if they set a uh, a time frame for when this show could potentially come out. I would think 2022, maybe 2023. Um, seems a bit a bit ways down the line, but uh, you know, who who could they cast in this? Who could they get to write and direct? Um, I know there's one woman already attached um, who has you know plenty of, of experience, um, but I- I'll be curious. Maybe you know, maybe the name of the show could even potentially change or something like that. Uh, but for now, the acolyte. Sounds pretty, pretty enticing, pretty intense. All
1: right, well, let's flip from that darkness to some light stuff, and that's Pixar. We're we're only halfway through this uh, this stuff, but we can we should probably be able to get through Pixar and Disney animation relatively quickly because they did not have the the depth of everything. No, but so we already know Soul coming out this Christmas. Then we have June twenty twenty one luca which is a celebration of the friendship between a boy named luca and his best friend alberto during their unforgettable summer so that's coming out in 2021 and then in 2022 they announced two films that are coming one is called turning red directed by domi Shi, who was the award-winning director of bow the short from uh what movie was that ahead of coco
0: <sighs> i wow
1: what came after Coke? might have been think, Anyways, from Domichi of Bao. But that turning red follows a character named May as she experiences the, awkwardnesses, the awkwardness of being a teenager with an added twist. When she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. So that's coming out March 11th, 2022. And then light year the definitive origin story of the hero that inspired the toy so this is not a buzz lightyear prequel this no. is to clarify when they made toy story buzz lightyear was supposed to be an action figure based off of an existing movie like that's who he was supposed right. to be like the hot toy so mm-hmm. this is this, this is that movie right this is the the movie of the character buzz lightyear that made him famous so Chris Evans is voicing the young Buzz Lightyear on his journey to becoming the most famous Space Ranger ever. And that's coming July 2022. And then also they announced the first ever long-form animated Pixar series called Win or Lose coming to Disney Plus in February 2023, which follows a middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game. But each episode is told from the perspective of a different character. So of these... Five of these six what are you most intrigued by
0: okay so uh, i gotta hit on just a couple of things real quick okay so bow came with the incredibles 2 which That's was right. in, in summer 2018 um also luca um is this secretly like queer cinema in disguise,
1: potentially? It's basically Call Me By Your Name, it's right? Call Me
0: By Your Name, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that's, could be really interesting. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but I think out of all these, I, I will say the, the Turning Red is very cute. I love, you know, the giant red pandas are adorable. Um, but the win or lose, I think, for me, I, that just really struck me during the presentation. Uh, of course, it is the first but, ever. Hold, and, hold on. You know,
1: Actually, I, I forgot to mention this. Detail about Luca is that they have this wonderful summer, these two boys, huh. but there's a deeply held secret, and it is not their sexuality; it's the fact that they are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. So, Cricket. that's a twist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Pixar, swing and a miss, but um, <laughs> that sounds like it could be fine. Um, but I will say win or lose I think uh, it is the first series from Pixar so I think getting to see them in that medium is going to be interesting uh, but that and, just
1: does not sound interesting
0: well I totally disagree I think I love the story behind how they came up with this concept right of
1: like the meeting and having different yeah. perspectives they, about the same events
0: yeah, so they, they go to a meeting on Toy Story 4, and they, like, they come out of it, and one of them is like, wow, that, that, like, this is so great, like, I'm really excited. And the other one's like, oh, that was terrible, like, this is just so bad, like, this is going to be miserable. Um, and I just think, I mean, this is w- literally years away, yeah, it's about two years away. Um, so they have a lot of time to develop it, I think that's, that bodes well. Um, but I just think, I don't know, a middle school co-ed softball team, um, I think there's a lot of different you know, personalities you can get in there. Um, I'm kind of thinking like almost like inside out, like seeing that, that like, kind of like early teen almost. um, And just having like a dozen of those like bouncing around together and bouncing off each other. And have you know, the jokes that you can make from different perspectives of the same exact things leading up to a big, you know, championship game. Um, I just think that that could be really fun. I think it could be, you know, you could teach a lot of lessons in that kind of story. Um, And these other movies, I mean, these movies seem really fun. They seem great. I'm glad to see, you know, an, uh, original films like Luca and Turning Red, um, and even, you know, for a spinoff type movie, I think Lightyear is, is a fun concept, but I, I do think this series, I think, could be really quite cool.
1: Well, I would probably say, I mean, I agree with that. I think it, the medium, like you said, is interesting, and I'm sure Pixar rarely has any misses so, I mean, I, I feel like with this being the first of that, that they're not going to just roll something like half-assed out there. So I have yeah. faith in that. Um, I mean, Lightyear is very exciting. We all know Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story and that Toy Story 4. Toy Story 3 was the conclusion, then they pushed it to 4. <laughs> and then it seemed like, okay, could they carry, Woody is done. Could they carry this off with, with just Buzz? Hmm. So this is like a way to kind of do that without sort right. of, running the well dry of the Toy Story franchise. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I'd say turning red is just like super intriguing. I loved Bao. I remember just being like blown away by that. So I'm excited to see that. And it's just something incredibly weird that like only Pixar could do. I feel like that okay, like my first thought was like Big Mouth, which is obviously complete opposite, but like <laughs> middle school awkwardness, anxiety, being a teenager obviously you wouldn't have like nearly the same dialogue or jokes or anything like that but then they're like let's just make her a giant red panda like just let's throw that in there yeah so that's something that's just like so uniquely pixar i feel like that most places you would hear you would hear that and you'd be like what the heck like this makes no sense at all why would anyone have that that connection yeah now like it's like oh it's pixar great yeah i'm in
0: yeah, and I loved. I thought the key art for this was adorable. Um, the character looks looks so cute. I can't wait to get a plush at some point.
1: Um, <laughs> get that Funko Pop.
0: But yeah, I think. I, no, I think you're onto something again. That that awkward, that early teen phase, and um, I, Inside Out is my favorite Pixar movie. Um, you know, and something you know adjacent to that, kind of in the same vein, is something to be excited about again with an original film from a director who has already shown promise because I think a lot of people loved that bow short and thought that that was pretty brilliant.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. But last Disney Investors Day piece here, Disney Animation, which of course, separate from Pixar, this is your, your Moanas, your Frozens, your Tangleds. But first piece of news was that Raya and the Last Dragon, which is coming soon in March, March 5th, 2021, will be opting to go the HBO Max route as in debuting simultaneously on Disney Plus and in theaters but unlike Soul premier access is back 29.99 to get this bad boy just like Mulan so we'll see what happens by that point if uh, theaters are opening or if people are willing to pay the price there the mm-hmm. um, in Canto, another movie, takes you to Columbia, where a magical family lives in a magical home. It's got new songs from Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it's slated for theaters November 2021. So this sounds like another musical, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. He did the music for Moana, In the Heights, Mary Poppins. Like He's kind of just all over with... In the Heights wasn't was Warner Brothers, but still. he's He's had a healthier working relationship with Disney, so... That's, I guess, an, just another avenue for him. Mm-hmm. And then some Walt Disney Animation Studios TV series. We've got Baymax from Big Hero 6, Zootopia Plus, which I don't know what the plus stands for, Tiana from The Princess and the Frog, and Moana the Series, as well as waju, which will be produced in collaboration with the Pan-African comic book entertainment company, Kugali. So an exciting amount of, like, show is coming as well for Disney plus so again for the last time Johnny which of those has you the most excited
0: uh, it's got to be Awaju by a, a large margin um, I mean the the art that they showed looks incredible um, I'm a sucker for sci-fi everyone knows that at this point um, so that that having that piece to it it already kind of grabbed me but seeing that art um, hearing that the themes are you know, are going to be tackling or, you know, things of like class and challenging the status quo. Um, I think that this just has a lot of potential. I love seeing that there are, you know, African artists involved with the writing and the artwork, um, the animation. I, I just, it looks just so stunning. I mean, I'm looking at the art right now.
1: Um, right. I want to like, so, I don't want to make the, a lazy comparison, but I feel like it's very Wakanda and like the vibes of like, the future, it's like the futuristic and mm. meets African culture.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely a, an, e, an easy comparison to make. I mean, Wakanda has been around, especially, I mean, in the comics forever. Um, so I would, I, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I'd have, have to ask them Don't to make any assumptions, but I'm sure that was at least some sort of influence. Um, I mean, because that is an inspiring, uh, you know, property and, and just that, I think that ideal of Wakanda um, you know being this untouched uncolonized piece of Africa um, that was allowed to develop and flourish and and maintain its its culture uh, i think is is a really you know powerful um, idea on its own but and this i think you know they can tell a very interesting story it 's not you know superhero it 's not you know it 's not black panther it 's not superhero it 's just this society and this you know, what this world's gonna look like and they can really build it from the ground up to be whatever they want it to be. Uh, I think that is just super exciting um, and getting those kind of voices in the door and Disney doing that that groundwork to make that happen uh, is important as well. So I think just seeing that happen with with them working with Kugali, I think that's just really awesome. Um, so props to them on that one.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that as well. But I mean, if I had to pick one I don't, I don't really know what to expect from this, but I like the idea of it. And that's the Moana series, Moana the series, um, which like I loved the movie Moana back in 2016, loved everything about it. I'm interested to see, I assume that, I don't even want to attempt, Aoli, <laughs> I can't do it, I can't do it. That Aoli Crav- Cravaholo would be back voice Moana I don't know I mean we know how busy The Rock is like who knows if Maui's going to be a big part of this or what but the I I, I just get kind of the ideas did you ever watch like the Lilo and Stitch series because we know I'm pretty sure there's a Moana 2 coming so like we know there will be another movie but like I loved the Lilo and Stitch series and that was kind of just like one-off adventures different experiment like all that kind of stuff there was, like, obviously a Disney Channel show. This is different being on Disney+, Plus, but the kind of, like, idea of that is very appealing to me. I mean, I know I'm not, like, a little kid anymore, but I still have that interest just because of how much I loved Moana, that I think that could be a fun to explore this in a different avenue of a series versus, like, a a, a movie. Yeah.
0: No, I, I mean, I loved Moana, uh, the film. Um but, yeah, it is interesting to, to to think about, you know, could The Rock be involved at all? Could he show up for an episode? Could, could he, you know, be in, you know, could they actually tie him down to do a whole, like, season or something like that? Um, but, you know, I, I think the animation, at the very least, will be stunning. I think that was one of the best parts about Moana and seeing that, that uh, you know, Pacific Islander culture brought to life um, and getting more of that uh i'd say out of the other series that weren't kawaju that i that i already you know said i'm most excited about that might be the one i'm most excited about on top of you know what you've already said Zootopia utopia plus i think uh I, I mean i'm a sucker for utopia i absolutely love that movie Agreed. Um, so getting to dive back into that world is very enticing as well but no moana um and you know, great film. I, I'm curious. I, did they mention anything about the music? Is that going to be something they're going to try to?
1: This will. I just read that this will be a musical series for Moana. Okay. So. Okay. So that's.
0: I mean, that's good news as far as I'm concerned.
1: Right. Same here. I mean, if they've got Lin Manuel Miranda in the bag for another movie, they're like, why not write a couple of new songs for it too? So, I'm sure they'll they'll work that out.
0: Absolutely. So I
1: mean, overall, overall though,
0: um, I. I I thought it was a really great presentation. Um,
1: What's I, your one? I know we've done individuals from each category. What's oh your one biggest God. from everything?
0: Ah, damn! You really got me now, haven't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um man. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited about Thor. Um, as far as like everything that's upcoming, Disney, I would say. Right. I, and, was, have, and
1: the news there was christian bale as the villain
0: confirmed, yeah and i love christian bale i mean he's a fantastic actor i think it'll be cool to see him as a villain uh whether or not they do do him with like mocap or they make him into a human because in the in the comics he's an alien so i'll be curious to see if they go the kind of the thanos route or if they decide to just make him a, you know a person so they can do makeup or something like that uh but I, I do have an affinity for for Marvel, the MCU at this point, I think, over Star Wars, especially because the Disney Star Wars side hasn't been that great. Um, but I mean, I've always been a fan of the animation side as well. So I just think, uh, man, one thing, but Thor, I would say, I guess. <laughs> um, I think all the stuff that they're doing with the new phase after Endgame is exciting. I think they're, they're making a lot of smart decisions. Um, what would be your number one?
1: Um it's hard there was so much you know it's just like I feel like the collective like all of it you know I mean that's I'm, I'm that's not my answer I'll come up with something but like, <laughs> just the excitement of it all being like wow this is like so much stuff to look forward to like I'm planning my calendar now for the next like four years of Disney content but which is like kind of overwhelming but also very exciting like we've said multiple times after this just year of disappointment but right if I had to pick Mm, I guess the acolyte like that's I mean I, I would no, lean Star one. Wars I, w- I would lean Star Wars over Marvel and I think there might be like an individual of the the Marvel projects of like what's coming there might be something that's maybe more exciting but I would say that of the news that everything that, that was announced like they were going through this thing and Marvel was being saved for last and we were all talking back and forth and we we're like oh my goodness they must have something huge like the way that they're announcing everything else there's got to be something like groundbreaking, like they're gonna bring all the Spider Men out here right now yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then then there was kind of like the Marvel stuff was good, but there was nothing that was like as big in relation to Marvel as there was for the other categories. Yeah. So, I'm well, gonna I go think with the, I'm gonna go with the Acolyte and Star Wars.
0: That's a good one. I, I mean, I'm really excited for that as well. Um, I think to your point, you're right that it, it did feel a tad underwhelming. Um, I think Marvel fans, we're just spoiled. Um, You know, they're very competent over there with Kevin Feige. They have everything we have already known that they're doing in the wake of Endgame sounds fantastic on the show side and on the film side. Star Wars, on the other hand, I think they had a lot more to prove. I think they had to do a lot more to get people excited because the rise of Skywalker was such a disaster. so I think they they made a lot of smart moves. They revealed a lot of really exciting things. They have a good variety of projects in the works. And even even just on the film side, coming off The Rise of Skywalker and that, that sequel trilogy, Rogue Squadron sounds like a great way to reset and go back to theaters, go back to the big screen with a director who is more than capable, loves, you know, the medium loves can do stuff with IMAX. It has proven experience with blockbusters, you know, as the first woman to ever direct a Star Wars movie. Uh, it, that's just a really big get. And I'd say, quite, I mean, the highlight of the show, I would, I would say, with just the magnitude of it being an announcement.
1: Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Well, if you remember, we actually have a movie to review on this episode as well. Uh, should we get down to that? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: You sound great. Yeah,
1: right. What? You telling
0: me you weren't feeling it. You were in it. Hey,
1: we don't need to. We don't need to put them all out. I know, but no, we just need to film. Hearing is deteriorating
0: rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No, Lou. No. Let's play them all. Let's see what it's like. Okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand. Your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. <laughs> I'm deaf.
1: Right. so we are talking the sound of metal that is like i mentioned off the top about three hours ago the uh, <laughs> a new movie on amazon prime it came out at the beginning of december so hopefully you've had a chance to check it out by now it's by director darius martyr uh serious serious i would say under the radar awards contender though like this is something that i guess within like film circles it's getting its proper respect yeah but general public wise like I feel like this movie is not as well known as some of the other ones that are expected to be contending
0: yeah I mean it's it's a low it's a much lower key film um Amazon has a good has good really good production I think that they've been you know putting some good things out last few years they they don't get the hype that that Netflix does especially on the awards side of things or the the, the respect that maybe like a twenty four gets um but with, with their, you know, awards contender projects that they do, or even just their non-awards contender projects that are really, you know, people go crazy for like Uncut Gems or midsummer or something like that. Um, but this, I think, it, it is a serious, you know, Rizomed, Ahmed, Paul, uh, is it Racy? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, I thought,
1: I don't know, I, I don't know, but I was going with Rossi. Rossi, I'm, I'm going to say sure, Rossi no. because
0: it just sounds better. Um, But, uh and Olivia, I mean, those those first two, especially Ahmed and Rossi, I think they deliver like two of the absolute best performances in the entire year. Um, you know, and I think the reception so far has been really strong, even from, even, you know, you said outside of film circles, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have been, you know, latching onto it maybe as much as we would have hoped. But as far as the actual reception, like, you know, metric wise, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, 97% from critics, 89 percent from audience which is really good um especially for a movie like this that is you know it takes its time
1: slow burn kind of movie yeah Yeah.
0: not a big bombastic movie it's you know and i think even i might have had that preconception going into it i was like okay there's gonna be a lot of you know some cool drum stuff you know maybe some whiplash vibes or something like that but no i mean this was um a like character study i mean it was like Getting into the nitty gritty of this person who was experiencing this, you know, massive change in their life that was really like uh, kind of turning their world upside down. Um, so I was just stunned. I mean, I had pretty high expectations. wasn't expecting a masterpiece or anything, but I mean, I thought it was really amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I saw this after you. I think so. You kind of hyped it up a little bit more. Um, but I was very impressed by it I also didn't really know what to expect I mean I knew what to expect but like like you're saying like I didn't know if there was going to be like hardcore rock scenes or if it was going to be like almost like a star is born kind of obviously not to that extent musically but just like I wasn't expecting it to be such an intimate such a personal like like you said character study of Riz's character uh, Ruben and like how he is mm. dealing with this life-altering change and just like how sudden it happens and the I mean the also the the juxtaposition of I get not, not even just juxtaposition but like because they worked well together of like comparing the loss of hearing with like his life as an addict and how like mm. he's like addicted to being able to like hear like that he's willing to go to the same lengths of like yeah. whatever it takes to like get his fix or to get back his hearing even if as he comes to learn like at this this facility that that's not what the goal is but that's still what his his intention is but I mean that's a little, you're getting a little into the weeds with the plot that we will I'm sure we'll touch on a little more but I I loved it I, I gave this an 82 out of 100 so not quite as high I don't, did you say your score
0: yeah a 90 out of 100 so I gave it four and a half out of five on letterbox um I really did think it was amazing um uh, but yeah, I think I did I did like it uh a tad bit more than you did. Yeah, but
1: then that's not that I didn't like it. I, I liked it quite a bit. It's yeah in my top definitely in my top ten. I'll have to analyze my 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 lineup up to see.
0: Now. I've seen less films than you though. Um but it's certainly up there.
1: Yeah, the great great movie all around. So I we'll get into it a little bit more in depth here. If you haven't been able to tell so far quick very simple plot synopsis one-liner a drummer's life gets turned upside down when he suddenly loses his hearing so that puts it simply basically so Riz Ahmed is playing a character named Ruben he's a drummer he's part of a, a two-person band with his girlfriend Lou played by Olivia Cook. and they're just like this metal almost like screamo type band where he's just rocking out on the drums as loud as possible and she's kind of wailing into the microphone but all of a sudden, his ears just start ringing, and like that, he loses his hearing. It it fades within like, I don't know the official timeline. I don't think in the movie, but like within a couple days, like it's com- nearly completely gone. Oh, and man. he it's just imagining how like terrifying that would be. Like <laughs> they're they've been not living off the land, but sort of they're they're just kind of in the the in the trailer, moving from gig to gig, making ends meet that way so it's not like they're like well off for him to just be okay let's go get these implants let's go get this doctor's appointment let's check out what's wrong with my ears so they kind of have to come to grips with it and what ends up happening is that Lou leaves him at a it's almost like a halfway house for recovering addicts who are also struggling who are also going deaf or learning how how to live um without hearing and so there he kind of like find he has to like try to find a way to reckon with this like anger and frustration about the situation that he's found himself in, but also like try to come to grips with it and learn how to live with it and put away his desire to regain his hearing, but instead learn how to, to move forward as he is. So it's kind of like two, two like opposing viewpoints there that he has to figure out which one he wants to align himself with and how he's going to move forward. And that, that, puts him up against Paul Rassi's character, Joe, who runs it, the facility. He's been deaf for years. He's an expert lip reader. And he's kind of, he's very much at peace with his loss of hearing. And he's trying to impose that same level of, of serenity on the other people at the house. So it's just a great back and forth between them. Great solo by each of them as well. Like just a powerhouse of performances.
0: Oh man. Um... Yeah, and I think that story, that line you read about the plot, the, the single line, like that in its own makes sense. Like that's a compelling concept, right? Um, and again, that's pretty much all I knew going into the movie. But what I think really elevates this film is the, it's kind of twofold. There's the, the matter of addiction. So Ruben was an addict. Um, and then once he and Lou got together, he, you know, they got clean together. Um, and you know, he's been staying steady and they're working and they're, you know, kind of, they're working on their art and they're, you know, trying to make, you know, ends meet. Um, but so, but when he's put in this position, it is like, he is an addict trying to get like a fix or like trying to get money to get his hearing back. Cause he, you know, it's like he, is so dedicated to what he's doing, what he's been working toward as far as his music and his music with not only his personal craft, but then his, what that means for his relationship with Lou, you know, um, so there's that. And then I think the other uh, added bit of conflict that I found really compelling and moving in a lot of ways was between him and and Joe, uh, Paul Rossi, where he, he, is trying to tell and explain to Ruben that, you know, getting your hearing back is not necessarily the solution that you think it is or that you want it to be. Um, and kind of coming to terms with, with um, deafness and finding uh, the serenity in it, but also the strength in it and what that can mean for, you know, relationships and people that you can work with and mentor um i i just did not expect that to be in this movie and i thought like wow Um, i thought that made certainly for some of the best scenes in the movie um i'd say maybe one of the best scenes of the entire year where Ruben and joe sit down um we're in spoiler territory right Um, yeah for sure so Ruben, after doing really well at this, uh, you know, this house where he's been working with everyone and kind of, you know, learning to sign and learning to mentor kids and things like that, he just, he kind of, he's been cut off from the outside world. Um, But then he realizes, you know, Lou is still out there. You know, she's over in France and she's doing, you know, these shows without him. Um, And so he kind of gets desperate and it's like, you know, someone needs to get their fix. Like right now, they need to go out and make this thing happen. Um, So he sells all the stuff that was in their camper that they were driving, their instruments. uh, And he actually ends up, you know, essentially trying to pawn the camper um, and getting money for that. And then he goes and gets his implants to, to try and hear again. But when he gets back to the house and Joe confronts him, they sit down at this table and... It just is like it's just them sitting there at this table, and it's like one of the most compelling and like you know white knuckle scenes of the entire year of them talking because you're like Joe's heart is broken over the situation, um, and he's trying to reason with Lou, uh, or not Lou but Ruben, and he's also trying to. Eventually, he knows what he has to do. He has to tell Ruben he has to leave, even though he doesn't want him to. Um, and, and Ruben is kind of accepting that and kind of acting like, well, he doesn't need to be there or he doesn't, that's not where he wants to be. But at the same time, you can kind of feel the inner conflict uh, where, you know, he has been benefiting from being there and he knows that he has been making these connections, but he's willing to walk away from that for better or for worse.
1: Right. And I think like beyond just the performances, one of the ways that makes this so impactful is the, the use of sound like throughout the movie like Mm -hmm. they really put you in Ruben's position like the way that they kind of spend chunks of of time at either minimal sound and like faded like basically like you're trying to like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: pop your ears like the when when he initially it first starts to happen it's kind of like startling like I mean it, it really you feel the same amount of like fear that that you're that he feels that they, they do a nice job of kind of translating that to the audience and then throughout like as it continues to fade and going back and forth between like full audio and then and then no sound and then like you mentioned when he, he gets that procedure and it's even more heartbreaking is that like he'd been waiting for this and hoping for this and saving up for it and then even then it's like it's not better it's it's like significant I would almost say that it seems significantly worse and he tries to convince himself that it's not because he just did spend so much money on it but like the crackling of the the implants the audio like it's not worth it and you see that at the party at the end and everything and that's just even more like by making you fully aware of what he's hearing it just makes it even more like heartbreaking
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think man that scene (laughs) I mean, what did you expect when he went to get them activated?
1: I mean, I I thought it was going to work. Like, I obviously admittedly don't know anything about the science of hearing, of like hearing aids or implants or anything like that. So I don't know what the, I had no idea, like what the success rate was or what to expect going in. But I thought that he was going to like get back to normal and then like maybe go down some self-destructive path with other vices, like going back to his old ways or something versus kind of having, like I said, having that barely audible crackle staticky noise that, that ultimately forces him to take them off and just accept the silence after spending $40,000 to to get the the surgery.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, of course I've never had, implants like that before i've never been in contact with someone who has or i don't know anything about that um but yeah i mean it it was definitely shocking and like upsetting because i mean he was so hell bent on getting it done and thinking that it was going to solve all his problems and i think that was what joe was trying to get him to realize i think that was what made this scene in retrospect, because he doesn't get him activated until after the scene where he gets kicked out and has the conversation with Joe. And I think you realize um, even then that might have been part of what Joe was like so broken up about is because he he knew that Ruben wasn't gonna get the the, solution. the happiness that he was hoping yeah. for, yeah. But he was trying to find. Um so yeah, but the, I mean, just the sound for this movie, man. I, I really don't know how anyone, and we don't know how it's going to pan out. I mean, the Oscars are months away, all the, the different uh, you know guilds and awards and, and whatnot. Um, but I don't know, I don't understand how anyone can watch all, like, I don't, know if you, I don't care if you watch 50 movies, 100 movies that have come out in 2020, whatever. I don't see how you could pick any other movie as having the best sound design. Um, this year this is I mean, one of those
1: ones similar to like i know you aren't crazy about it but a quiet place like where it's so integral to the story itself like to the success yeah. of the film that if that was executed poorly like this movie would have been 50 percent as impactful
0: and i think even even you know I, yeah i'm not crazy about a quiet place but even then i mean a quiet place has impressive sound design of course but this is you know whereas that is trying to remove so much sound to pure silence or highlighting only certain little elements um, in an entire environment or an entire world because of the, the circumstances of that story. This is like so personalized and so interior for Ruben. I mean, I've never in any movie seen like deafness recreated to this extent before. And I think it's also one of those examples where I mean, sound design is important for films. A lot of people do respect it and, and notice it when it is done well. But I think this is one of those prime examples of why I love movies so much and why, like the work done here is so specific to the medium. Like this is not, this can't be replicated in another like art form. And I think that is of course worth celebrating and worth recognizing and awarding. Um, so I don't care about Tenet or Mank or whatever, the, whatever these other movies are out there that people have been praising. I'm um, talking about the sound. Uh, of course, Tenet has been talked about a lot. Um, I think that it will be an absolute crime like if this doesn't win the Oscar um, for Best Sound. Of course, the Oscars aren't, aren't the end-all be-all, but it's like, I mean, it's so impressive. And I had heard so much about it prior to watching the movie, as I'm sure you had. Um, and it, I was still blown away and still like very impressed and like shocked by what they managed to do. And I think that kind of all ties up to the finale of the movie and the conclusion where, you know, during his time at the house, he was talking to, to Joe and Joe was trying to get him to, um, you know, really focus and sit down and like be at, you know, find your inner peace take a moment and and come I think it's it's a matter of also not only just coming to terms with his deafness but also being present like in his in his life period not you know deafness or not um and so you know it's meant, it had been mentioned earlier he was he was forced to like sit in this room <laughs> and I loved I don't know if this made you laugh or not but the very first time he goes into the room and it's like five and five in the morning and joe has like coffee and there's like a donut it's like a plain donut and it's on the table and ruben just just like literally like smashes it into nothing um on the table like with his fist and he just has so much trouble with that that task that he's told to do like throughout um his like stay and then at the very end it's like there's this party and things are really awkward and his hearing is just so uncomfortable. Um, he's listening to to uh, um, his girlfriend sing at the uh, birthday party for her father, and they're in Paris. And Lou's singing, and then uh, you know things are weird between them. Um, it's not really clear if their relationship is going to you know succeed or not. And then he just he goes out on this walk, and he's going around you know, walk around Paris, and he sits down on this bench. And there's just all this noise and it's like a cacophony. And the, again, this isn't just normal noise. It is like distorted and rough and it's in his head and it's just so interior. And then he just he just takes them out. He just he just takes out like the little pieces on the implants and he can't hear anything. And um, he's just sitting there and it's just dead silence. And he's looking around and he's looking at the clock tower where the bell was ringing and the kids across the street playing and the sun's being down on him. And it was just so powerful. Like he was sitting there and he was really like present and like at peace in that moment. Um, and then it just ended. I was like, wow, that was just like the perfect ending. And I, I didn't even, it was even though that it had been set up earlier in the film and kind of that point had been underscored so well, it hadn't even entered my mind until it like cut to black. And I was like, okay, wow, that was like perfect. Like, right. like, like I didn't need to see anything else. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen like with his career or his life or like their relationship but like he was comfortable at that point and i thought that was like a really strong like message to like go out with
1: yeah i i agree with all of that but before we close out as the awards expert as the awards radar author <laughs> i don't want to if you're planning on writing one up i don't want to spoil anything but you've touched on sound design you've touched on some performances what is your yeah. forecast here for for the yeah. the hopeful the the chances of sound of metal i think
0: this is tough because
1: i i know I mean, right Am- in- like you said amazon's had a good track record i mean they have for all the way back in in uh what Ma- uh, manchester by the sea they had manchester big Friday. sig yeah they Cold had war yeah
0: which got a like awesome best director and best cinematography double nom um it's just man i would love to see this movie get like a best picture nomination or like a best director nomination i don't really see that happening just because it is a film that it doesn't have like broader social like messages i guess you could say um you know something like nomadland or Trial of Chicago Seven, things like that. Um, those are strong contenders because they tell, you know, um, very broad but also like timely stories. I think where this movie has its best chances are, of course, with Riz Ahmed in the lead role. I think his performance is like fantastic, like absolutely one of the best of the year. Uh, I'll be, mm, I'll be. Sh- I want to say I'd be shocked, but also I know the academy, so it's tough to say, but I think he absolutely deserves a Nom. I think he'll get one. Um Paul Rossi, I would he is less, you know, likely, I think, just because he is a, a smaller name, of course, by comparison. Um, but I mean he, his performance is really, really powerful and it is like a classic, like it's not like a lead role that they just throw into supporting. It's like a true blue, like Lead, like supporting where he's in a few scenes, like key scenes, and he gives like a really strong performance. Um, and then I think the sound, of course, will absolutely get a nomination. I don't think there's any question of that as far as I'm concerned. I just think for the win, it's going to come down, I think, probably to that and Mank, just because Mank did like oh, David Fincher and, and his crew spent so much time like making it sound like an old movie and they added like right. scratches to the, the music and they used old instruments and recorder devices and things like that, which is cool. And I think that's interesting, but I definitely didn't think it had the same impact or the same wow factor that, that this did. So I, I think it's gonna be uh, its strongest chances are in sound, the best actor and then su- best supporting actor. Maybe it can get those three noms. I hope it does. Um, I would love to see it, you know, pop up, you know, best picture, best director or something like that. But I think those are uh, far, far cries as far as I'm concerned.
1: I'm with you. I hope it happens. Excellent movie. One of the best of the year. 82 from myself, 90 from Johnny. If you haven't seen it on Amazon Prime, we would definitely recommend checking it out. It's, It's a good one if you can't tell. So... <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you for this lengthy episode, tuning in for all of the Disney updates for our review of The Sound of Metal. We really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. We couldn't do it without you. And, you know, we're happy to, to sit here and, and talk about everything. Um, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Give us a like on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can catch all of the podcast episodes in their entirety. And you can find all those accounts at Inside Film Room.
1: And don't forget to vote in our final four of the holiday movie bracket, because like we said, that will determine what comes next. But while you're on social media, while you're in the mood to click some buttons, go ahead and subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Spreaker. Well, I don't know. There's so many. We're on all of them. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And come back next week for the holiday themed episode, whatever it ends up being, whether it's Klaus, whether it's Home Alone, Harry Potter, or the Grinch. We'll see. But we'll be here. Hope you are too. We'll see you next time.